Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 83 of the Citric Session. I'm your host, Andy Whiteside. I'm talking a little low here. I've got uh, and not be doing a whole lot of talking. I'm in a, at the airport and uh, recording a podcast. So I'm going to rely on Bill and I used to uh, to walk us through this. Bill, how's it going? Going well, Andy, and you? It's uh, it's going good. Going to be a busy week. Uh, excited to get out and see some more clients this week. Very good. And uh, we've got uh, Ayush Agarwal. Are you, did I say that last name properly? Yes, that's correct, Andy. Thank you so much for having me over. And the uh, the topic for today is a blog you wrote recently, uh, title of it's Enhanced ICA File Security on Citrix Workspace App for Windows. And I'll I'll use that as a moment for me to, to bring up when you talk workspace at Citrix, you really got to make sure you're talking, you know, workspace, workspace service, workspace app for Windows, app for Mac, app for Linux. Lots of things branded workspace, but specifically here we're talking about the uh, the workspace app uh, for Windows. I've I've had a couple interesting moments. I enabled um I enabled uh, app protection on my device and my my company's Integra. We manage app protection and turn it on for things. Uh, and I go to um, and, and tell me this is how it's supposed to work, right? So I use I'm I'm doing a team session, and I go to share my screen, but I've got the workspace app up and loaded. Uh, no actual published apps at the moment, but workspace app up and loaded, and I, they can't see my screen. Is that that's by design, right? Yes, that is correct. That is by design, and that is what app protection's value internally is, right? I mean, uh, app protection essentially uh, blocks any kind of uh, screen captures or screen sharing, so that any kind of confidential information that or you know any data that requires to be protected is really hidden from you know any kind of screen grabs or screen sharing tools. So uh, that's on point. Of course, the other value that app protection also brings with it is the anti-key logging uh, functionality. So anytime um, you know, you're trying to, um, you know, there's any, any malware which is trying to capture your keystrokes, um, it, it will really uh, be blocked. So, yeah. I think it caught me off guard the first time though, because I didn't, I didn't expect it to, without a app being, you know, currently accessed, I didn't expect it to do that. But I mean, it, it's really all about the um, the workspace app doing its security things all the time, right? Yeah, that's right. That's right. Hmm. Okay. Well, unfortunately, I just took a, never mind, <laughs> I'll have to share with you. But um, well, let's jump into your, your blog here. Um, so uh, what we're talking about here is the enhanced security of the workspace app. You want to kind of walk us into the intro here that you gave us and and why it's important that, that you wrote this blog? Sure, sure, Andy. Uh, I'd be happy to do that. Um, and if you look at Citrix, uh, you know, since, since times immemorial, of course, security has been our focus. And uh, one of the key value additions that Citrix provide in the whole uh, virtualization environment is really security. And uh, the current way that, uh, you know, the whole ICA file really works and mm. the way we actually launch out, um, you know, a virtual app or a virtual desktop is pretty much where we download an ICA file and we pretty much launch that ICA file using Citrix Workspace app. Now, and just real quick for our user listeners, that's whether you use the Workspace app to get to the apps or whether you use a browser and the default behavior is download the ICA file and use the local app to launch, right, the session. 
Absolutely, absolutely. So whether you're using a browser or you're using the Workspace app, uh, essentially we download uh, the ICA file and then uh, it is our HDX engine which really launches that uh, ICA file and you have your virtual app or virtual desktop up and running. And, and uh, Well, real quick on that topic, because I know we have listeners that get confused by this all the time. If, in fact, you launch the app or desktop session inside the browser window itself, that's the HTML5 receiver, and that's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about using the full-blown workspace app for Windows, right? Yes, yes, the complete native experience, uh, and that's that's pretty much what we are talking about in um, this case. So, so traditionally, yeah. So yeah, I do want to ask you a question, because um, I think you're going to give a, a, an amazing answer for this. Do do does that process say in uh, the use of like uh, RDP, um, it, has that always been kind of uh, vulnerable and secure, uh, insecure in the world of, of RDP and, and Citrix has taken yours to another level? Uh, are all the concerns that are out there around you know, RDP uh, vulnerabilities, are those real? To an extent, yes, Andy, I would say that, um, you know, uh, the ICA files were there. We would store ICA files uh, on the disk. So when you actually download uh, the ICA file, whether you're accessing the uh, virtual app or desktop via the browser or via the workspace app, we would essentially uh, download the ICA file onto uh, the disk of your system. And um, of course, uh, this this has been the model since you know, uh, since the product is live and up. Uh, and this has also been the preferred approach by many other virtualization vendors. But I think uh, what, what we were really keen on is to really listen to our customers and understand uh, from their point of view, what really, uh, you know, encompasses a more secure environment tree. Right? Okay. And that's where we understand that um, while it's okay to have the ICA file on the disk, uh, it's not ideal. It, it's yeah. not ideal because um, you know you 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 can have anybody kind of uh, pick up that ICA file, edit a few entries, or even take that to another system and maybe even possibly launch it. Um, and while there are enough and more use cases as well for this behavior, we realize that security is of top-notch importance to any of our enterprises. And that is where, um, you know, we took a very conscious call. And uh, in fact, some of our large customers have uh, requested for this, that the ICA file actually be stored uh, in the system memory and not on the disk. And what so, this will actually do is um, it, it, it will make the ICA file completely in memory so that you cannot just access the file standalone and uh, you know, even like look into the contents of the ICA file as such. So this is uh, the tech preview for this, right? Uh, and, and so it's not by default yet, but that's where you guys plan to head with the technology? That is correct. So uh, at this point of time, we have launched this capability as a technology preview. And uh, we're welcoming feedback. We, um, we were uh, trying to get more hands on this to test it. Um, and, you know, um, we're requesting for feedback on this. And based on all the feedback um, in, in the subsequent releases, we will uh, make this the default behavior, of course. All right, so I'm, I'm gonna pause you there because I know Bill's gonna have some comments or some questions or both. Go ahead, Bill. Yeah, I'll, uh, 
Ayush, I, I wanted to just make the point that in, when, in the old ICA file there, the, the ability to move it from system to system obviously could present a problem, but there, there is or was, if I'm, if I'm correct, a ticketing mechanism that would help mitigate yeah. that. Um, does that ticketing mechanism exist still in the, um, in the ICA file? Or the ICA memory yeah. file, I guess, is the better way of putting it. Yes, that, that will continue to exist. Yes, there is okay. no um, real change in the way the whole architecture is really working uh -huh. out or planned out. Uh, but as you rightly pointed out, the whole ICA file, uh, you know, ticketing mechanism will continue to exist. Okay, good. All right, Bill, if you're hearing this and, and you're an old school uh, Citrix troubleshooter guy, what's your concern? I can't see the ICA file if I need to figure out why the connection is not happening. Got it. All right. So I guess usually it's a trade-off, of course, but right, um, right. We, we have made sure that the ICA file can still be kind of, uh, you know, the connections can still be debugged or, you know, troubleshooted via uh, the CDF traces. Of course, right. uh, you do not have full control on the ICA file and look at the contents of the ICA file. But uh, CDF tracing is the mechanism that you can continue to use, and uh, troubleshooting should still work uh, as is for most administrators. Good, good. So that, that's interesting because it sounds like you guys are saying, look, we're going to change this, make it more secure, and we're not going to give you a quick, easy hack to make it go back the other way. Because if you do, then people will. And next thing you know, it'd be like the Windows firewall, and people just turn it off because you know, they did it once and left it off. Exactly. Okay, so um, Ayush, what are these registry keys that you've called out here in the article? Yeah, so essentially, Andy, uh, like we were speaking, um, the feature or the capability is turned off by default right now because uh, it is just a tech preview. Um, so these are registry keys and uh, these are really settings that can help you uh, enable that feature so that you can try out how the whole uh, ICA file in memory works in your environment and uh, give us feedback, of course. And um, moving forward, when we actually call this feature for general availability, all of these registry keys will not be required. No. Um, are, you, are you guys doing anything to incentivize um, you know, your, your buddies out there, your, your sysadmins, your Citrix admins out there to give this a shot? Or is it just you know people wanting to play a role in helping to move the product forward? Yes, in fact, we're encouraging a lot of the system administrators to really test this out and try this out. Um, we, in fact, uh, even internally, we run a very heavy dog fooding program. And um, within Citrix, uh, we, we have uh, this capability enabled on all our systems. And uh, that's something that we're thoroughly testing because uh, this is really the core of the product, and we do not really want to break uh, this flow. We do not really want to tamper that much with ICA files that it really stops working for some of our large enterprises. So, um, yeah, this is this is something that uh, we're actually requesting for a lot of feedback on. We're giving in uh, a lot of uh, you know tech reviews and controls to administrators to try this out. Um, another thing that you were kind of hinting at, and I'd like to also point out, is that even though the behavior by default uh, will be that the ICA file will be stored in memory, uh, in memory uh, but there could be finer controls that um, you know system administrators would like. 
So for example, uh, you know, uh, they, they might really want to uh, block the download of um, uh, ICA file from the browser. And, you know, there is this capability wherein you can actually double click on the ICA file and actually launch a session, uh, which would mean that the ICA file in that case ends up on the disk and not in the system memory. And we do have a, a capability in the form of a group policy and uh, more recently, uh, you know, we launched the global app mm -hmm. config service from Citrix. And uh, we do have a setting which is provided uh, even as part of the global app config service, wherein we're providing system administrators more uh, finer control on, uh, you know, what the behavior can be. So, for instance, uh, as a system administrator, you can just block out the, uh, you know, download and launching of sessions uh, by double-clicking the uh, ICA file as such. So there are several controls, um, uh, both in the form of a GPO policy, as well as from the global app config service that you can actually uh, kind of utilize um, to uh, you know, disable this behavior. Uh, we're also providing a um, uh, setting in workspace platform itself and uh, that's something which also disallows uh, ICA file downloads to the local disk. So there are various system level controls uh, which we are providing to administrators. They can use these controls, gain finer control on the ICA file downloads itself, and of course ensure that their environments are even more secure. You know, I was just having the exact feeling that you <clears throat> brought out there. Um, you know, the idea that this is such a something that's so near and dear to. The Citrix world has been for a long time around the ICA launch file. Uh, it's a, a pretty big change. And as you said, you guys are going to go slow. What what would you have, if you can, and maybe you can't, what would you estimate would be the, the time where this becomes a default behavior? Or is it six months out, 12 months out? What, or is there any type of defined time, timeline on that? So we, we are essentially going to decide when this feature goes uh, generally available based on the feedback we get. Uh, so far, uh, the feedback is quite positive, I must tell you that. And um, it sounds like we might be able to, um, you know, um, make this capability GA pretty soon, maybe in the next two to three months. Um, that's that's the time frame that we're looking at. But of course, uh, this could change subject to the feedback we get, because sometimes it, uh, we, we also want, um, you know, our uh, system administrators and, you know, large customers to be able to test this for an extended period of time, test it uh, at scale and, um, you know, then kind of uh, take this final decision, because the last thing we want to do is to really um, break any of the launches for uh, our customers. So, so far, so good. Um, looks positive. We should be out there pretty soon. Um, but yeah, I would uh, kind of still rely on feedback. Yeah. Yeah, I bet you're still going to find a large enterprise or two out there that has like uh, kind of the old program neighborhood, not agent, but program neighborhood concept where it actually uses that downloads file, use some type of script that some guy wrote way back when. And actually launches it. I, I assume you guys have, through evolution, broken those models. But uh, I was shocked about probably about eight years ago. Now I walked into a really large healthcare organization, and that's what they were doing still. And I, I couldn't believe it. Um, but they were literally downloading hard coded ICA files and, and launching from there. Yes, you know, you seen yes. something like that before? Yeah, I've seen that before. The other thing I've seen is, is as you might recall, Andy, um, 
and Ayush, I'm sure you too, that the, the, the there is or used to be a default ICA file that you could make changes to that would modify the behavior, maybe the screen size and things of that nature that would modify the behavior that would occur when the app was launched. Um, I don't know if that goes away in this model, whether there's still a default ICA policy or a file. A lot of that's been moved to the policy engine, but there there are customers that do still modify that file um, to to change the overall behavior of application launch. Uh, it's rare, but it, I do see it every once in a while. Well, Ayush, I think you hit on it. You, you guys are looking for feedback, but before we started the hit the record button, uh, you had mentioned several other things that you guys have come out with uh, recently in, in tech preview that you wanted to kind of highlight as well while that we had uh, the attention of our listeners. Sure, sure, Andy. I think um, it's it's really the time when we're going really fast with a lot of features on the Workspace app for Windows. And uh, there were a few other capabilities that we actually announced as tech preview. And in general, you'll see this model uh, more and more going uh, forward that, you know, we we call out a feature as tech preview. We give uh, our customers and uh, partners um, an opportunity to really try out the feature, give us good enough feedback, and then kind of proceed with uh, actually calling out the feature as GA. Um, and uh, one of the uh, uh, capabilities I must say that we very recently called out as tech preview um, was the inactivity timeout for Citrix workspace. So I know we, we'd like to stress the difference uh, between um, Storefront and uh, the Citrix workspace platform in here. And one of the uh, you know, differences that we really see today is that when our customers configured Citrix Storefront, uh, they could actually set up a time limit which said that if a user is idle or inactive for a specified duration of time period, just log out that user from the Citrix Workspace app. Uh, and this capability was uh, unavailable with the Citrix Workspace platform, which is our cloud platform. And uh, with, with the recent release that we went live with, that is Workspace app for Windows 2107, um, we've actually gone ahead with a technology preview of the inactivity timeout for workspace. Uh, and uh, this is uh, can I, this is where- can I pause you on that real quick, just to make sure I understand sure. what you're talking about. So we've had inactivity timeouts for, you know, sessions uh, that then turn around and turn off to, you know, get disconnected and then turn to a log off. What you're saying here is the ability to inactivity uh, the, the workspace and force it to re-authenticate. Is that what we're talking about? Yes, that is correct, Andy. Yeah, getting so, that across the board for all platforms, Windows, Linux, Mac, that would be awesome. Yes, yes, uh, agreed, agreed. So um, uh, we're, we're launching a tech preview for Windows at this point of time, um, wherein the users automatically get signed out, uh, you know, uh, after a specified period of inactivity. And uh, this again aligns with the whole security motion that we started off this conversation with Andy that, you know, uh, we, we'd like to provide more security controls to our administrators. We'd like to make sure that the software itself is more inherently secure. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, this is another step um, in that direction as well. And, and so Ayush, that would be the case whether they were using storefront, um, gateway, gateway service, all the above? Yes, that's correct. Okay. Hey, Bill, I can see you smiling. Go ahead. Yeah, that's, uh, 
I was go- I was going to say does it include web interface, but um, <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> no, that's a, that's a really good feature to have in there. That, that'd be awesome. That's going to be awesome when it comes out. I look forward to testing that out. Ayush, I, I did have a question. I want to go back to the blog for a second, if I can. Um, in the blog, you me- it mentions that you can block ICA launch files using the global app config service. That's the service where you can predefine like an email address domain for the user to to, uh, to automatically configure or easily configure the workspace app, right? That is correct, yes. So are, are you saying here that that when they do that, it this policy can come down from the config service at the same time to block direct launches? Yes, that is correct, Bill. And wow, uh, that, what that would also mean is that in the past with group policies and GPOs, you could only uh, you know, really uh, apply policies to systems that were managed by the administrator. But what Global App Config Service really provides capability to be able to apply policies even for BYOD devices or yeah, non-domain join. Yeah, that's what I was getting at is that that's, that's huge in the, to, to enable the ability for us to affect those BYO devices that aren't members of the domain and can't get GPOs. That that uh, that's always been kind of the tough thing to address when you're dealing with the B, in the BYO space and being able to to custom configure automatically configure some of these settings. So that's a, that's a real solid piece there. Yeah, agreed, agreed, fully agreed. Um, Let's see. Uh, the other thing you've got here is uh, disallowing file downloads. You already talked about that. This says workspace for web by running PowerShell commands. So you'd have to run PowerShell commands on the endpoint. Is that right? Or is that somewhere else? Yeah, this is really on the workspace platform itself. So you can really use the PowerShell commands and uh, really configure the policies in workspace itself. Okay, I see. So in the workspace, in the workspace service, Yes, in the workspace. Okay, that's great. Hey, um, are you any other uh, exciting announcements that you'd want to convey here? Yeah, sure, sure, Andy. I think there were a bunch of other uh, technology previews that we must kind of highlight. Uh, so I think there's been this long-standing request from the field, and you know, a lot of our. Uh, users that, hey, I'd like to be able to authenticate to Citrix Workspace app using something like a Windows Hello or maybe, uh, you know, more modern authentication mechanisms like FIDO2-based authentication mm-hmm. mechanisms. It could be with like a YubiKey or, you know, any any of the authentication mechanisms which support uh, the FIDO2 protocol. And um, um, we're, we're happy to announce a recent tech preview uh, for the capability to authenticate to Citrix Workspace app using Windows Hello and FIDO2-based authentication mechanisms. And uh, this is now uh, really in tech preview. Uh, and uh, that's something which which I, I personally find very exciting about because, um, you know, we, we personally use YubiKeys internally. And uh, I think now I'd, I'd, I'd be glad to just use the workspace app, be able to authenticate to it um, with my YubiKey and just go forward. That, that's interesting timing. I literally opened a ticket with my own internal help desk this week asking if I could use Windows Hello to authenticate the Citrix workspace app for, for Windows. Yep. Well, 
All right. Anything, uh, Bill, any questions, comments on that one? I, well, before you do that, I, sh- I have a question on that one. How would that work in a world where maybe it's not a domain joined machine or a domain member? Yeah, at this point of time, I think uh, it really requires a domain joined machine. Um, but yeah, I mean, as you know, Microsoft itself, the whole landscape matures, we can certainly look at, you know, how we would better integrate the whole Windows Hello mechanism with uh, our authentication mechanisms to our workspace in general. But at this point, they do require, uh, you know, the domain joint uh, machines. Bill, any comments on that? No, I kind of figured I had kind of a similar question was what what domain status was needed for Windows Hello. And the, the YubiKey, uh, I think I've, I've gotten a request for that recently, Ayush, and that's that's the USB key, correct, if I'm if I recall. That is correct. Yes. Yeah. Uh, we've gotten a request for from a customer that was using that that wanted to integrate that. We haven't gotten to it yet, but uh, this will be interesting to know. Is is there a central place? Um, to your knowledge on the Citrix website or the blog site where we can see the list of what's in tech preview currently? Yes. So um, basically our docs um, where we list the what's new for every release yeah. uh, do kind of call out, uh, you know, uh, what the tech previews that are actually running right now are. So um, if you just look at about this release page in our product documentation, you should be able to find uh, just pretty much about all the tech previews running out there and even details on how to configure those tech previews, how to provide feedback on those tech previews and just about all the details in there. All right, great, thank you. Well, Yus, any, uh, any other announcements that you'd wanna cover while we've got listeners and their attention? Sure. One other announcement, which I'm personally very excited about, and I know that um, possibly a lot of system administrators are listening into this uh, podcast as well, is that we now have a formal Citrix Workspace app beta program. And what this means is really that, um, you know, uh, just within the Citrix Workspace app itself, you could choose to stick on to a beta program and Mm -hmm. you would get access to Uh, early access releases from Citrix, um, even before uh, we call out GA for a workspace app. Um, Hmm. So you would automatically Hmm. be updated to uh, the recent betas that we roll out. And uh, these uh, provide you the capability to test early, um, to actually um, provide feedback again to Citrix and, um, you know, just just look at what's coming and you know uh, get a sense of what changes are coming into the workspace app itself so um of course uh, you can automatically uh, update to each of these uh, beta builds and um, it's 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 quite an exciting program we've been rolling this out internally to get a lot of feedback and it has worked quite well for us and that's where we thought that you know we'd like to roll this out to our customers as well uh, and uh, there is this whole capability where you can actually try out new features and you know new new uh, you know changes uh, even before the product is released uh, for general availability no that's great um <clears throat> as you know and some of my our listeners know uh, I'm a big fan of like t-shirts and things. Uh, any any idea about maybe something like a t-shirt or hat or something that says, "Hey, I'm part of the Citrix Beta program." Uh, I know I know that sounds a little cheesy and trivial, but I, people love their t-shirts. 
Yes, definitely, Andy. I think uh, that's a great idea. I'm going to take this back to my team. And uh, I think that's a great way to encourage more people to really sign up for our beta program. But that's certainly one program that I'm super excited about. Great. Well, I guess with that, we'll go ahead, Bill. I'm sorry. Awesome. Yeah, very good. So I guess with that, guys, we'll, we'll start to wrap it up. Uh, Bill, any, any additional questions, comments, things you want our listeners to know? No, not at this point. I think I'm good. Thank you, Ayush. Thank you. Thank you, Andy and Bill. I think it was great talking to you. Yeah, no, absolutely. And uh, when when do you expect to have the uh, the next official release out so we can have you back on? <laughs> Very soon, I'd say, <laughs> in oh. the next month or so, for sure. Okay. Yeah, that development never sleeps, huh? Yes, development never sleeps. That's right. All right, guys. Well, with that, we'll, we'll wrap it up. And uh, thank you again for your time. Thank you.